Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Money FM 89.3, this is Sustainable Singapore with me, Rianne Lovell Boland. This is where we highlight businesses that are tackling the issues surrounding climate change. Now, with the increase in consumers wanting to bring down their carbon footprint by reducing their meat intake, the alternative protein space is growing rapidly. And over the past two years, more than 15 alternative protein startups have set up base in Singapore. Big Idea Ventures, which is an accelerator and investor in the space, has recognised this and launched its new protein fund, which supports early stage food companies to build, test and prepare for growth. Joining me on the line to share more about it is Christian Cadeo, Managing Partner for Asia, Big Idea Ventures. Thanks so much for joining me. Glad to be on, Rian. Thank you. All right. Well, let's start with how Big Idea Ventures started and why. I mean, what's the story there? Yeah, we started two years ago in March 2019, and I think it was really a collaboration between our founder, Andrew Di, who's based in New York, as well as the Singapore government. And it was really simply this. There was a realization that this is going to be a big and growing segment with consumer interests, number one. Number two, uh, in terms of food security in Singapore, clearly with Singapore importing about 90-odd percent of food, there really needed to be another way to basically mitigate that risk. And number three, I think which is a realization, was there was a lot of opportunities for amazing founders and using Singapore's resources, its uniqueness in the whole kind of ecosystem to really drive this industry forward. So we came together and with generous support by the Singapore government, including a sizable investment in the fund, as well as other support, we launched the fund and about three months ago closed with roughly over 65 million Singapore dollars under management to invest in amazing companies in Singapore and around the world. Wow, that's fantastic. Huge numbers. And I mean, you've backed numerous companies which we've had on Sustainable Singapore, such as Incredible, Confetti, Shock Meats. I mean, just give us an idea of how many local alternative protein startups you've actually backed in Singapore. Yeah, we think we are backed by the roughly about six or seven. Mm-hmm. And I think we're quite amazed by that. That's in the span of two years, be able to find really phenomenal companies in Singapore. In fact, I'd like to actually point, you know, you mentioned two of our portfolio companies, um, Shock Mead as well as Confetti. They were actually our first two investments that we did, not only for the fund, but globally. And by the way, they just happened to be ran by amazing entrepreneurs who happen to be women, right? So I think we're quite excited about the Singapore's potential. Absolutely. Now, could you give us an idea roughly how much financially Big Idea Ventures has contributed to the industry? You said it's been, you know, two years. So how much have you seen it increase year on year? Yeah, probably the best measure of that is of the companies that we've invested in, how many of them were able to go out externally and actually find external investors to put additional capital into it, right? And don't please, Rihanna, don't quote me on this because I have to give the exact numbers here. But I think on a rough basis, well, our portfolio in general has been able to raise anywhere in total collectively 50 to $100 million in additional capital on top of what we've been put in. And that's really just a testament to our part in the whole system as well. We didn't play the sole part. Obviously, most of this was driven by the great founders that we backed. But I think, well, you know, we played a little bit of part of that as well. Well, I mean, you're the best person to talk to about emerging trends because you're the ones investing in this space. So what are you seeing in alternative and cell-based protein? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll just dive into it. One, I hope this is kind of a, a cheesy answer, but one is just phenomenal founders. And I just keep going back to that, right? When we look at 
our composition of founders, a couple of statistics really stand out. One, in terms of the proportion who are women leaders, I'd say a little bit over 50% are just amazing leaders who happen to be women. That's number one. Number two, a big proportion of that are people of color as well. So I think from a diversity perspective, we're seeing a lot of great talent coming to that. The second thing I'd also point is a lot of first-time entrepreneurs. I'll give another company that we invested in, one of our first investments come to Corona was started by two expats who one from us, one from um, great Britain who decided to come over to Singapore because it was a great place to start a business before this, they were ex bankers, right? Never did food before. So really phenomenal entrepreneurs. Number two, just a lot of great technology innovation, right? So again, using cell based as an example, you know, we got a company in Singapore called Gaia food, right? They're doing basically cell based meat, you know, growing meat, from cells that they harvest from animals. So you never actually have to kill an animal again, as well as be able to scale from that. So that's pretty cool as well. And I think number three, one thing that's really interesting is, this is just not all about focusing on food, but it's also about how do you uplift the overall ecosystem, right? So, you know, one of our portfolio company, they source jackfruit from pretty emerging countries like Sri Lanka and India. So it's also helping local farmers there find a whole nother avenue to sell their products where before they were only selling within the radius of, of where they lived. So I think these are three really broad trends that we're seeing that are quite innovative. From the ecosystems, generally speaking, in Singapore, we're seeing NTU, which is launching an alternative protein course. I mean, just a few years ago, would you have imagined something like that here in Singapore would be possible? I wish I had that foresight to say yes, right? But I think uh, the best way to answer that is we clearly saw rumblings of something was happening. There was definitely a spark that just needed an accelerant to actually get bigger. And again, it sounds a little bit self-serving, but we obviously weren't the sole reason for that. But I think we helped play a part of that in addition to the broader ecosystem as well as the government as well as institution, right? So answer is back then, no. I mean, I think we were bullish overall, but could we have seen how fast and how far Singapore has gone, where now you have, you know, Professor Chen, who's one of the eminent experts uh, in this whole sector, start a course at NTU? No, never would have seen that. Uh, definitely not in Singapore. But hey, we're glad that's happening. Yeah. So obviously, there's a lot of excitement around this space. But I mean, from a consumer perspective, what are you seeing? How rapidly are they adopting alternative proteins and, you know, even cell-based proteins? I mean, just a few weeks ago, I was speaking with the founder and CEO of Cellivate Technologies, who said in five years time, we all might be eating cell-based meat, you know, at the dinner table. What's your opinion? Absolutely spot on. And I'd love to talk to them, right? Because they basically stole my thought process as well. I mean, I... You will think this is hogwash, but I literally think in five years, I'll go even further. I think in five years, probably not at the individual house, but I think at least in major restaurants, you potentially could be 3D printing various different kind of meat depending on the dish that you want, right? Because you're basically harvesting the cell, and yeah, there's a lot of technical challenges and that need to be overcome, but nevertheless, you could see a world where in, in five years, because of more as well, the price will go down as those technology gets faster where at a restaurant, they could literally 3D print whatever kind of meat that you desire. So to watch this space, essentially. <laughs> All right, well, let's turn our attention now to your new protein fund. I mean, tell us a little bit, how is it different from your other funds, uh, which you provide, and what's been the reaction to it so far? Look, we're all trying to build the overall ecosystem together. So we work with, you know, I call it friendly competitors, other funds and other accelerators and other ecosystems. At the end of the day, what we want to do is we want to change human consumption of animal protein to plant protein, right? That just helps everyone collectively, right? 
Now, to answer your question, what are we different? I think there's a couple of things. The first one is that the team of experts who've done this before, right? My prior life, I had spent three years as the first employee overseas at a company like Eat Dust, uh, which was one of the largest all-protein companies in the world, right? We have our chief investment officer, a gentleman named Tom Nassaroni. So he, before he joined us, was working at Tyson Food in the U.S., and he was the one who made the investments and beyond before the IPO and all these elements. So you have a team of experts that are there as well. And then you know, our founder, Andrew, has made more investments in the sector than anyone in globally, right? At this point, about 80 plus investments. So you get a team of experts in terms of they, we know what we do in terms of investing. But especially these food companies, that's not all they need. They need more than capital, right? They actually need to understand how do I actually run the business? How do I launch it? And I think that's what also sets us apart as well is we hire people not necessarily on their financial acumen and be able to analyze and create worksheets and, and calculations. We hire people if they understand how food works. You know, So we have two full-time food scientists on staff who can literally help the company. So again, number two is really a team of experts kind of going that as well. And number three is really the people who are trusting us with their money to actually invest in the startups, right? So with names such as Tomastic, which is the sovereign wealth of Singapore, we have the Bell Food in France, we have Jividon, we have major groups in Japan, we have some of the largest strategic food investors around the world backing us, therefore backing smart entrepreneurs. So I think those three combinations uh, really is what sets us apart. And you know what? Is the results speak for themselves where, you know, we made 44 investments in the last two years. A big chunk of that in Singapore, as mentioned, a big proportion of that is women founders and people of color. And also early, really solid returns, one exit already, one that should happen in the next couple months. So we think the results speak for themselves. And I mean, you touched on it a little bit there, but could you just share a bit more about what the criteria is for potential businesses that want to apply for the fund? Uh, overall, it's not rocket science, and we're not creating a, a proprietary blueprint that no one else could do. But I think there's going to be a couple things, right? The first one is the founder. Is he or she someone that we would back and want to work for the next five, ten years? Because we invest really early on, and it's a long journey before, <laughs> before you know, when you invest and when they finally exit or IPO. So number one is the founder. Do they have the right temperament? Do they have the right hustle? Do they have the tenacity that we look for? I think that's number one. Number two, the market they're trying to address in terms of the product. Is it a large enough market? Is it something where we think it could scale, not only obviously in Singapore, but it'll go around the world? Number three, is their team composition or who they want to hire? Because as a startup, you know, you can't do everything yourself. You need to surround yourself with an, you know, a team of players. Right? So who you're looking to hire, who's going to be on your team as well. And I think the fourth one is really, and this is what I love about this sector is, does it taste good? Right, So if it doesn't taste good, you can't eat software, right? You can't eat tech, but in this sector, I get to try all these amazing foods and sometimes not very amazing food. So, so I think those are kind of the four things. And once we look kind of past that, then we have our obviously proprietary matrix we do evaluate. So if anyone listening falls into one of those sectors or think you are, I'd love to talk to them. Wow, sounds like you have the dream job, trying all this plant-based and cell-based food. That, that sounds like a great job. But I mean, you did touch on it a little bit, but I also want to suss out what are the challenges that these companies face when they're starting out? And how do you address these issues with them? Yeah, I think probably the first, in terms of challenging, is there's a couple of things. One is, how do they get from a great idea that they created in their kitchen, whether it's at home or a small test kitchen or some kind of kitchen in whatever country they're They may have a great product, 
uh, at small samples, but how do they scale it to a large consumer market, right? So that's where our team of scientists come in and to help them in terms of formulation and nutrition to say, do you have the right component to make sure like the cogs are actually cheaper? So that's number one, and that's, that's some of the challenge there. Number two is capital, right? Raising money is always a difficult challenge. So I think it's something where we come in is where if we're willing to put our neck out and be the first investor, which we are primarily most of the time, then that would help them kind of grease the wheel where it validates and says, okay, you know, if, you know they can go to another uh, financial institution and say, Big Idea Ventures invested in us. And by the way, the investors that Big Idea Ventures have are some of the largest companies in the world. That only helps them be able to raise capital, right? So that's number two. And I think the third one is just finding great people to work for. Startups, tough life. I mean, it's not a cushy job. It's not a, you know, it's not something where it's a nine to five job. You can work consistently with unsure returns. So how do you find right people to have the right temperament for that? And I think that's something where we help as well is like we try to hire people, bring in Rolodex, mentorships and so forth to help them find people to help them scale their business. So I think those are probably the three biggest challenges. I would see in the sector. Well, thank you so much for sharing more about, you know, funding the alternative protein scene and more about the new protein fund. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Thanks, Rihanna. I appreciate it. Take care now. I've been speaking with Christian Cadeo, Managing Partner for Asia, Big Idea Ventures. I'm Rianne Lovell-Boland, and this is Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.